Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one magical page of Talmud a day. If you paid any attention to the show before, you would have noticed that the theme music changed, which means we're on to a brand new Masechet, a brand new tractate, a brand new collection of pages about a different topic in the Talmud. Now, we've had some fun with Brachot, talking about, you know, blessings and all kinds of pleasant things like dreams and responsibilities and all sorts of things that we all could relate to. Then we went straight to Shabbat, which had its difficult moments, but also much, much pleasure. And now, today, we start Masechet Eruvin, which in the religious world is sort of like the CrossFit of Talmud tractates. It is the hard one. It is the one that requires everything we've got, but we are not afraid because we have with us today the one person who could introduce us to this tractate, its difficulties, and its wonders and joys. One of my favorite people, Rabbi Adam Mintz, the rabbi of Kilat Re'imovim and the director of 929 English, which is a project everyone should check out. Hello, Rabbi Mintz. Hi, it is so nice to be on the podcast with you. And you're right, one of the few people around who are excited that we are beginning the tractate of Eruvin. So tell me, uh, first of all, yeah, I find that so, so charming. But tell me, what is it about this particular tractate that got it this reputation as, as being like the marathon of Talmud study? And what are some of the main concepts that it will discuss in the next couple of months? So first, let me say that as we begin this tractate, I wish tremendous, you know, strength and energy to everyone who undertakes studying it. It's very detailed because it's about building an Eruv. It's about building this enclosure that has come to define what Shabbat and carrying on Shabbat are all about. But I don't want to talk about the details today. As an introduction, I want to talk about some of the concepts and, as you said, the theology of what an Eruv is all about. And let's start in the beginning. As we know from the Tractate of Shabbat, there are 39 categories of work that are forbidden on Shabbat. One of those categories is carrying. What does carrying mean? Carrying is one of those terms we use today. Carrying means taking an object putting it in your pocket or taking it in your hand and walking from indoors to outdoors or walking six feet or so outdoors with this object. Now, that in itself sounds like a detail, but actually carrying includes so many things that we do and that really that we need to enjoy the Shabbat. Carrying means that if we are forbidden to carry, we're not allowed to carry our sidur or our talit to the synagogue on Shabbat morning. Carrying means that we're not allowed to push a baby carriage. And that means in many homes that at least one parent is not going to be able to go to the synagogue on Shabbat morning if we don't allow them to push a baby carriage. But Eru really started before there were baby carriages or prams. It really started in Roman Palestine. Roman Palestine is also a big word. Roman Palestine talks about the Jews who lived under the Romans just about 2,000 years ago. 
that was the time when the Mishnah, the beginning of the Talmud, was written down, was discussed and then edited and then written down. And the Jews in Roman Palestine lived in courtyards. Actually, if you know the old city of Jerusalem, we still have courtyards. Courtyards means that you have several apartments around a joint courtyard, and you have one side that's open to the street. Now, these courtyards provided a wonderful way for people to live. You know, today is a very hot day in New York City. We all know that in the Middle East, it's hot for many, many months in the summer. And they didn't have air conditioning. So basically what people used to do is their entire day and sometimes their nights also were spent in the joint courtyard. People took their food, their books, their work into the courtyard and it gave them some shade and gave them some outdoors to be able to enjoy and not to be stuck inside. That sounds so lovely. And it really was lovely. The problem was Shabbat, as I said, to take something from indoors to outdoors on Shabbat, that's considered to be carrying. That's one of the 39 prohibited activities on Shabbat. And since this courtyard was open on one side to a public area, right, to the street, therefore it was considered that it was prohibited to carry from your apartment, from your home, into the courtyard. The rabbis were very smart and the rabbis were very sensitive. The rabbis understood that to prohibit the Jews from taking their stuff from their stuff, their food, their books, their beds from their homes into the courtyards on Shabbat would make Shabbat unbearable for them. And therefore, they introduced, and that's the most interesting thing of all, that Eruv is really a rabbinic introduction. Nowhere in the Torah does it talk about Eruv. The rabbi said the following. The rabbi said that we need to turn this joint courtyard into an expanded private space. What does that mean? Just like you're allowed to carry something from your kitchen into your living room, into your dining room, into your bedroom. What they try to do is they try to say that the courtyard was going to be an extension of everyone's private apartment so that everyone would be able to carry from their apartment or their home into this courtyard. How did they do that? They said that you needed several things. Number one is they symbolically placed a string or a wire across the opening on the fourth side of the courtyard. And therefore, symbolically, it closed off that fourth side, and therefore, it created a space for the inhabitants of that courtyard that was cut off from the outside world. That was number one. Number two, the rabbi said that every single Shabbat, all of the members of the courtyard, all the people who lived in the courtyard, needed to contribute to a joint food. Today, we call it a chalice. Everybody needed to give a little bit, a few ingredients to the chalut. Because by making a joint food, basically what it said was that everyone who lived in the courtyard became one big family. So by cutting off the fourth side to the outside world, 
and by creating this joint food, what they did was they really said that this area within the courtyard basically becomes part of the homes of the courtyard. And through this joint food, all of the families who live in the courtyard become one big family. That's the most beautiful concept of all. And that's why I love Arab. Because Arab sounds like it's about whether or not you're allowed to carry on Shabbat. But really, it's about creating an Arab family every single Shabbat. The rabbis understood that you're not allowed to carry. But within your own home, within your own family unit, you're allowed to carry. So by creating this kind of halachic reality, these multiple families living around the courtyard became like one big family, and the courtyard became an extension of their homes. And therefore, they could carry into one other's, one other's home and also into the courtyard. And thereby was begun the creation of the age. And now that we no longer live uh, in this blissfully happy kibbutz-like courtyard arrangement, the Eruv has grown, right? So that's the brilliance of the rabbis. The rabbis, and not only the rabbis, the communities throughout the ages. As communities grew from courtyards to neighborhoods to cities, they understood that exactly the same logic that was used to enclose these courtyards could be used to enclose neighborhoods. And Jews in the Middle Ages generally all lived together. So they just really needed to enclose neighborhoods to create the Arab. But then once the modern period began, Jews began to live all throughout the city. And just like we have in Manhattan today, we have an Arab. The Arab encloses the entire the entire borough of Manhattan. But really, the logic of that huge Arab, and the Arab around Manhattan is the largest Arab that we know of. And we should say it's, for those who want to see it, it is a thin metal wire, right? It is visible. You could it's check out maps. It's a thin metal wire. That's correct. If anybody's interested, send me an email, and I'll be happy to set you up with our Arab checker, who goes around every Thursday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning. He drives around Manhattan to check the Arab. He'd be happy to have anybody come along and to see this metal wire that encloses Manhattan. But what's so brilliant about this is that the logic of this metal wire that encloses Manhattan is exactly the same logic as the courtyard in Roman Palestine 2,000 years ago. And I'll tell you something even better, that there's a synagogue on the Upper West Side on, on West 86th Street that actually has a box of matzah. That box of matzah represents all of the Jews in Manhattan. That's like the chalet. But since it's hard to ask everybody in Manhattan to contribute an ingredient to the chalet every single Shabbat, what we have symbolically is we have a food that we say belongs, at least in spirit, to everybody in Manhattan. So we're joined together by that box of matzah. So if there's anybody who's listening who wants to partake of the Eruv matzah, just, I guess this is COVID time, but after COVID, call the rabbi, send the rabbi at the Jewish Center an email. He'll be happy to give you a piece of the matzah because that's the matzah that belongs to all of us. So that's why I love the tractate of Eruv. 
Because the tractate of Erebin understands the importance of enjoying Shabbat, and the tractate of Erebin understands the importance of creating what I like to call the Shabbat community. That Shabbat community is something now that exists in over 200 cities and towns around North America and around the world, and of course in Israel as well. And hopefully, through the study of Erevin, we can all become more familiar both with the details and with the beauty of what Erevin are all about. Rabbi Mintz, may your wisdom and enthusiasm and spirit guide us through this intricate tractate. And thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much. It's really been a treat. And good luck to everybody. Enjoy Tractate This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.